Thank you for listening to this podcast from The Resting Place Tampa. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear. And we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org. So today, we're going to jump into the commandment of God that we all know from one of the, it's one of the Ten Commandments, to honor your father and your mother. And we're going to dive into that. It's going to be very pastoral. It's going to be very practical. And I'm trying to keep it simple so that we can step into it. Amen? Amen. Everybody ready? All right, let's pray for that. Let's pray for the Lord to speak to us. So, Father, we ask you to breathe on this moment. And we ask that your word would be made manifest, your capital W word, the person of the word, Jesus Christ. We ask for him to be made manifest in the preaching of the word. Lord, I pray that your voice would be heard in my voice and that we would not have the opinion of man today walking away, but we would have the voice of God transforming us in the way that we walk in everything we do. That you, Lord, would change us from the inside out and give us your plan. For family first. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Today's key principle is that we actually will unleash blessings and strength from God when we honor his model for family. And honor is the model. Honor is God's model. That's my title if you're wondering. Honor is God's model. I want to tell you a story. This is not like me, but I'm being very Pastor Caleb today. Starting with a story. That's like what you do. Start with a story, you do the thing. I'm doing all the things I never do. It's good. I'm going to read it to you. In a town nestled deep within the heart of the American South, a preacher of profound wisdom and unwavering conviction emerged. With a voice that resonated throughout his community, he sang not only the hymns of faith, but also the anthems of justice and equality. This preacher, a beacon in tumultuous times, courageously challenged the societal norms of his era. He dared to stand against the oppressive yoke of segregation, calling for a world where we're all judged not by the color of our skin, but by the content of our character. During a spiritual pilgrimage, he came across the story of a renowned reformer from a land across the seas. And he was so inspired by this figure's ideals and teachings that he chose to adopt his name. A name symbolizing hope, transformation, and steadfastness in the face of adversity. Believing firmly in the power of enlightenment, he emphasized the importance of education as the key to unlocking doors and breaking chains. The preacher's tales of love, inspired by the teachings of Christ, spoke of a deep, unwavering affection that could turn even the fiercest adversaries into allies. His belief in nonviolence and compassion shone brightly, guiding those around him on a path of peace. Many sought his counsel, drawn not only by his eloquence, but by the authenticity and depth of his convictions. But little did they know, the influence of this preacher wasn't limited to just his congregation or his community. For this man, a pillar of strength and a beacon of hope in his own right, had a famous son named Martin Luther King Jr. I just told you the story of Martin Luther King Sr. The true story of a man who was credited by his son as the source, the inspiration, and the drive for all that he did. Martin Luther King Jr. consistently honored his father 
and spoke of him as the impetus for why he was doing everything he did. The only reason we know Martin Luther King Jr. is because a son honored a father. That lineage, that flow, that impact is what I'm jealous for in every single one of our families. That we would find a way to honor the imperfect people around us so that God can breathe on our efforts and we can walk on the shoulders of giants. Come on now. How many knew that Martin Luther King Sr. was really the source and touch point of all of that? Anybody? I mean, it's, you were in the first gathering. Put your hand down. <laughs> Cheater. It's <laughs> not what I was asking. Yeah. He, I, <laughs> Come on. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that incredible? MLK consistently honored his father, crediting him as a main influence toward everything he did. I have to, I have to mention my amazing parents today because I do have amazing parents. They are usually here. My dad usually runs the parking and security team. He's usually the first one in, last one out, and he's out in the parking lot with the yellow vest waving usually, you know. He's amazing. My mom runs the provision room, which is handing out free baby formula to anybody who wants it. By the way, if you know anyone who needs baby formula, we got it. We're handing out hundreds of cans all of the time. It's totally free and unlimited supply, basically. Uh, we we got to hook up. It's great. Anyway, my mom and my dad are amazing. And I just want to say a couple things. They're on their, they're away today for their anniversary of 38 years. Come on. Yes. And they might be watching the live stream, so you can clap better than that, you know. <laughs> They're incredible. And I just want to say, if I am 10% the man of, that my father is, I will die in bliss, utter bliss, if I am just 10% the man my father is. He's amazing. I know I'm an exception. I know that's rare for people to say, but it's true. It's true. I hope to God that I carry the power and conviction of deep belief in my children that my mother had for me and still does. I actually believe I can do anything. You know why? Mama told me so. You know who told her? Jesus. She believed him. She told me, I now believe him. I can do anything, y'all. Anything God tells me to do, I can do it. And even some things he doesn't tell me to do, I can do those things too. I can do anything. I believe that because of my mom. Honor is God's model. It's God's model. We're going to define what honor is and what it isn't, but let's read Exodus 20, verse 12. It's one of the Ten Commandments. It says, honor your father and mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. We actually see this kind of rehashed in the book of Ephesians. So I want to go to Ephesians 5, 31 through 33, and it gives this context for Ephesians 6. It says, therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother, hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound, and I'm saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Verse, chapter 6, verse 1, next sentence. They didn't have chapter headings in the original Stuff. So next sentence, children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, 
This is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Let's listen to that same group of verses, chapter 6, 1 through 2, in the Amplified Classic because it breaks it another way. It says, children, obey your parents in the Lord as his representatives. Because that's the context. It says, Christ in the church, husband and wife, that's, that's Christ in the church, right? There's a representation of God, male and female. The whole image and likeness of God requires both in holy covenant so that they can bear fruit. Honor your father and mother. Obey them as his representatives. Now, if that doesn't sober up any parents in here, I don't know what will. Right? Like, let's be parents worth honoring. Amen? How do you do that? Represent God. No big deal. The truth is, your parents are your filter for who God is. Absolutely. The way your father acted towards you is probably the way in the depth of who you are, you expect God to act towards you. It's just true. It's just true. My parents are amazing, but they're imperfect. My father got things wrong. My mother got things wrong. Right? It's apparent that no perfect parent exists. If you're a parent... It's not perfect. That's a parent. No? Okay. <laughs> it's like a little Jack Sparrow speak, I know. But like, <laughs> it's obvious to everyone else, hopefully to you as well, that you'll never be a perfect parent. And you'll never have a perfect parent. It's a parent. Does not qualify the parent for honor or dishonor, perfection or imperfection. That does not qualify or disqualify the parents. But it should sober every parent in here. <laughs> it should bring you to heal. It should bring every person here who's thinking about having kids. It should sober you and say, hey, oof, you're going to represent God to some humans. Like in a real way. Not just in like, I'm coming in the name of the Lord Jesus. No, they're going to think about God based on how you act. It's going to be a filter. And they... They may or may not need to be healed from that at some point. So think about that. Amen? <laughs> Amen. Let's jump back into the verse. Though. It says, obey your parents and the Lord as his representatives, for this is just and right. Honor, esteem, and value as precious your father and your mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. And that is where we get to the definition of honor. Listen, honor is not agreement. Honor means to assign value. If we only value those we agree with, we're not honoring anyone but ourselves. I like all the me I see in you. I agree with all the me in you. I love you, me. I honor me, you. I just honor you, bro, because you're just like me. It's not honor. Honor actually has nothing to do with agreement. It has everything to do with value. To cherish and value. This is the first core value of the resting place. We honor everyone. Every single person here is of eternal value. Every single person here is to die for according to Jesus. And we just agree with him. We agree with him. Amen? So honor has to do with assigning value. And children are called, commanded, told straight out, value your parents properly. To properly assign value. At the very least, you have them to thank for you existing. Are you with me? <laughs> you literally would not be here without them. 
and that deserves honor. We should have proper value in our hearts for that. They might be the, the worst human beings on the planet, but we wouldn't have you here without them. Are you with me? And if you're something better than them, well, guess what? They gave the world a gift. I didn't have great parents. I'm such a better parent. Well, thank God they gave us you. That deserves honor. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We got to take the filter off. We got this filter of honor your parents, which is like ignore their failures, right? Or just act like they're perfect. Don't ever have a hard conversation. Don't disagree, right? That's the filters we've got, but that's not honor. Honor says you are eternally valuable. I respect you as my, my beginning here on the earth, and it matters. I would not be here without you. Now, a lot of us could honor our parents for more than that, but let's start there, amen? <laughs> At the very least, everyone can get on that train. Because if you're calling them evil and wicked, are you calling yourself evil and wicked, or are you saying you're better than them? Well, if that's true, then thank God they gave us you. We wouldn't have you without them. They're like, well, they're not the re They literally are the reason you're here. Like, they had intercourse. Your mama carried you. That's why you're here. Are you with me? Okay, I'm just trying to get to the most basic level of agreement here because I know this is a difficult conversation for some. But honor does not mean agreement. It means to properly assign value. Jesus modeled this kind of value for his mama. He did. You know, Jesus had a stepfather. Right? Joseph is the, one of the, should be the most famous stepfather ever. All right? He's not, but he should be. He doesn't get the credit. You know, dude's listening to angels and having dreams and obeying and like, his, his fiance comes to him and says, I didn't do, I didn't, I, I'm pregnant, but it wasn't me. I got this baby in here, but there's nobody to go hurt, Joe. There's no one to be mad at. God put this child in here. Can you imagine the conversation? Like, what did Joe, did Joseph have to take a lap? Did he like, I mean, he at least had to sit down. Like, hold on, what? Hold on. <laughs> what? And God revealed it to him through dreams and angelic visitation. That helps, right? That helps. But he believed it. He could have rejected her. Come on. He could have. But he chose to be the father of a child that wasn't his. Come on, stepdads. That's amazing. That's also a picture of spiritual fatherhood. It's receiving someone who you didn't have any contribution towards at their onset, right? But receiving them as your own and fathering them. That's amazing. That's godly. Are you hearing me? But Jesus modeled this value for his mother at the cross. Let's read John 19, 25 through 27. This is wild. You understand that Jesus was, all of his bones were out of joint. He looked like a worm and not a man. He is ripped to shreds on the cross, okay? How many seen the passion of the Christ? Yeah? That's nothing compared to the true story. They could not get it approved for screenplay if they actually made it look like. It would not, no one would watch it. Okay, according to Psalm 22, all of his bones were out of joint. I want you to think of it. All of his bones out of joint, hanging. He was a sack of meat hanging by those nails. Isaiah says he did not even resemble a human being anymore. They couldn't tell it was human on that cross. 
So all of our depictions, if you can tell it's a human being, it falls short. Think of this. And in that moment, it says, by standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother, in that state I just described to you, when Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her to his own home. This is a big deal in Jewish customs. The son would take care of the, of the mother, especially if the father has gone on. Many scholars believe that Joseph wasn't in the picture anymore, that he had passed away. So now she's a widow, and now her son's going away. Jesus was making place for his mother, who would have no protection, who would have no provision. She would have no status. He was thinking about his mama while he's torn to shreds like a worm and not a man. If that doesn't model honor for your father, your mother, I don't know what does. Honor is God's model. Blessings and strength are actually unleashed to us when we honor our parents. It doesn't just say honor your father and mother. Let's go back to Exodus 20, verse 12. It says, honor your father and mother that your days may be long. That they may be long in the land that the Lord is giving you. Let's talk about that word long, okay? Because has anyone ever thought about this? Like, wait a minute. You're telling me if I honor my mom and dad, like what? They're not going to kill me early? Like I'll have more years on the earth? Like, you know what I mean? Like how many parents... Well, don't raise your hand. But you've heard it. Some Christians over there, some people over there, probably whatever, on live stream, not anyone in this room, I don't know, said things like, I took, I brought you into this world. I can take you out. You know? You know that kind of thing? Yeah? yeah. I know we say that, but it's not actually true. Like, you'd go to jail. You understand? Like, we have, we have laws. You would go to jail. But is this what that verse is talking about? Like, you want your days to be long? Don't tick off dad. Like, it, no, that's not what it's saying. That's not what, God is not underscoring, like, <laughs> you know, parents freaking out, raging out on their, their kids, right? So this word long is actually a homonym. And if you know anything about homonyms, like, English has homonyms, but Hebrew is built on homonyms. Just so you know, the language is built and based on, it's a homonymic language. Okay, so we have homonyms, like the bank. Like, if you go to the bank, you might put in money, you might get your feet wet because it might be the bank of a river. Spelt the same, sounds the same, totally different meaning, right? I can go to the bank to put money or I can go to the bank to, to put my feet up, the bank of the river, right? So homonym in Hebrew is even more important because it's the base of the language. Like English has them, Hebrew's based on them, okay? So whenever you have a homonym, it's pretty important to understand the word. So this word long also means to fit in its proper place, it's a homonym that means to fit properly. So honor your father and mother that your days would fit together properly. Come on now. That is good. You want things to work together. You want your life to have a good rhythm. You want things to be in their right place. It starts with honoring your parents. Come on now. I don't know if you, I've never connected this before this week when I was doing my study. So I'm kind of excited about this. So. Honoring our father and mother does not necessarily mean we'll have more years on the earth, but we will live out our ordained years. We will fit properly in the time allotted for us. Are you hearing me? 
Come on. That's good news. When we honor where we came from, the Lord promises our future will be full. Come on. I want to fulfill all my days. I want my days to fit properly in their place. I want my days to be long. Amen? Amen. I was also, I was talking to Kimberly Martins uh, earlier before the gathering. She was here for the first, and she had a revelation. I'm going to share it, too. It's like, you know, the picture of night and day. It talks about the dark night of the soul. It talks about night being chaos and being difficulty. And the picture of day being, you know, springtime, life, right? So that your days may be long. So that the night would be short and the day would be long. That as you live your life, the sun would shine on it and every day would have the full abundance of life that it's allotted. Come on. That's a good word, Kimberly. Amen. Come on. You can amen better. It's not me. It's hers. Go ahead and amen that one for her because, you know, whatever. This one's fine. It's, it's one of those days. But come on. Amen, our sister. That's a good word. <laughs> it's a little quiet in here, and I'll deal with it. But don't not amen our sister for that. That's so good. <laughs> I'm being silly. I get it. We're thinking. That's your, I feel your thinking face. I see your thinking face. That's good. I want to point out a couple more things, and then we'll be done. That this is one of the Ten Commandments, amen. But I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but this is the hinge point of the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments actually shift in a dramatic way at this point. So number one, first command is you shall have no other gods before me, right? Number two, you shall not make any graven images. Why? Because those are images of worship. So don't worship any other gods, and don't even make anything that could be worshipped, right? Number three, don't take the Lord of the name of the Lord thy God in vain, right? Number four, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy unto the Lord. It's the Lord's day. And then it says, honor your father and mother. Number five, God lists that before thou shalt not kill. <laughs> Come on. Think about this. You know, everything in your Bible is there on purpose, Amen? You know, everything there is ordered on purpose. You know, it comes in its order on purpose. Amen? Like God's like, uh, well, throw it in a bag, mix it up, and give it to him. No, he's like, here's number one, here's number two, here's number three, here's number four, number five. It's the hinge point. What happens? He says, honor your father and mother, and then it says, thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear fair false witness. Thou shalt not covet. What are those? Those are all horizontal elements. The first four commandments are all about how we relate to God. And then there's this hinge point of honoring our father and mother. And then it starts talking about how we relate to each other. Isn't that amazing? So what if there's a grace? Come on, somebody. What if there's a grace to walk towards each other rightly that only flows through honor for our parents? What if God is embedding secrets for us to discover? You know, it says that it's the glory of God to conceal a matter. It's the glory of kings to search it out. What if God has concealed within the Ten Commandments a grace point? And what if your relationships are a mess because you're not receiving grace from God by honoring your parents? What if you start honoring your parents and God releases a grace for your days to fit properly and for you not to want to kill that person at work anymore? Come on, somebody. Jesus upped the ante. He said, even if you have anger in your heart towards your brother, you are guilty of murder. Yeah. 
Everybody's like, we don't need the Ten Commandments. Well, the, the, the New Covenant's even more intense. Like, you don't even have to do it to be a murderer. You just got to be angry. You got to think about it. Now it's on you're a murderer. Like, I wouldn't, I'm not, I've never killed anyone. How many times have you wanted to? That's how many times you did it. That's what Jesus said. Check me, bro. Read your Bible. It's in the Gospels. I don't have an address for you. Just go read all of them. You'll find it. That'll be good for you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Not killing, not committing adultery, not stealing, not lying. Don't bear false witness. It's, there's a hinge point. There's something in there. I, I, was, I was telling Jamadi last night, I'm like, I feel weird about this message. I feel like it's, it's like kind of just meh. Like it's not really got any juice on it. Like usually I feel like excited as the day approaches, you know, and I don't normally feel like that. And she's like, well, maybe it's going to be the best one yet. You know, I was like, <laughs> she didn't say it like that. But <laughs> she did not say it that way, but that was the idea. I'm like, okay, yeah, whatever, cool. <laughs> the truth is there's grace here. Why? Because if you walk in God's ways, you walk in God's grace. There's a release of the flow of heaven when you walk in line with heaven. But when you walk against the ways of heaven, you're not, you're not receiving the flow of his blessings. When we honor our parents well, all our other relationships will find their proper place. And get this, there's a practical secret here. Guess what? Your parents have had more chance and more opportunity to fail at relationships than you have. So at the very least, on a practical level, when you value your parents' opinion, you value their voice in your life, you value their experiences, you value their lessons, guess what? You leapfrog, and you don't go through the same pain they went through. You get to stand on their shoulders. How many lessons did Martin Luther King Jr. not have to learn because he honored his father and sat under his tutelage? Are you hearing what I'm saying? What if you, children, you, you who live at home with your kids, what if the first thing you did when you have trouble with your relationships is go ask mom and dad, hey, this is happening. What would you do? What have you done? What's worked? What's failed? Come on now. That's wisdom. Everyone in here is a mom and dad. If your parents are living, you should be pulling on their experiences. You should be receiving from them the wisdom of their age. Amen. Wisdom doesn't always come with age. Sometimes age comes alone, okay? But I promise you, <laughs> I promise you, there are lessons within the older generation, our fathers, our mothers, not just physical, but spiritual fathers and mothers, that if we would just listen, if we would just value, we would be way ahead of our peers. We would have wisdom for the world. Come on. This is the connection point of the generations like the church has historically been like okay it's all about the next generation listen I, I have good friends talking like that I love it Gen Z is revival generation I love it amen yes absolutely Gen Alpha absolutely yeah but what about the revival that's pent up and stored in our parents what about the wisdom that's pent up and stored that's not being pulled on drawn on what if God is wanting to release a revival in our families based on honor of our father and honor of our mother what if there's wisdom there that we're leaving untapped what if the generation here that's older needs to get around younger kids and just talk Talk to them till they make you stop talking. 
When my grandmother was alive, my grandmother was the first funeral I ever did, and it was in this room. When she was alive, I would love to sit with her, and she would tell me the same seven stories <laughs> over and over again about her job in the sewing factory when she made hats when she was younger, and how many hours she worked, and how much money she made, and all these conflicts she had. Same seven stories. I loved those stories. I never got tired. I never said, you already told me that, Granny. Never, not once. There was value there. There's power in the experience. There's power in the retelling. Some of you, your parents have moved on, and the stories you've told about them are not the best ones. I want to challenge you. Stop telling the bad ones. Start telling the good ones. Honor your father and mother that your days may be long. None of them were perfect. <laughs> Hello? Some of us had really bad experiences with our parents, but God does not command us to act like our parents. God does not command us to pretend like they're perfect. He commands us to honor them. God does not command us to ignore pain or trauma that they inflicted on us. Because some of us has that, have that story. But at the very least, they gave us you, and you can be a better version of them, and we should honor them for that. It's not about ignoring. It would, that would be called lying, <laughs> you know? God is not calling anyone here to lie by the command of honor your parents. He's calling you to value properly that which you can. God does command us to properly assign value to our parents because we literally would not be here without them. And this principle paves the way for all our other relationships to fit into our lives perfectly. A couple other scriptural examples. Even in-laws. Come on. How many of you need a word for your in-laws? Anybody? Yeah? But there's the in-loves and then there's the in-laws. You know, it's just, and just that was a bad joke, whatever. <laughs> you know, this is our daughter in love, you know. But she goes, these are my in-laws. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it's not mutual. I get it. Different family history, different context, different all that. Listen, I married a Puerto Rican woman, all right? I, I don't understand Thanksgiving. I, it doesn't make sense to me. I've talked about it before. My white person Thanksgiving is we're eating at 12, and 12 is when you eat. Puerto Rican Thanksgiving is come over at 12, and only God knows when we're actually going to eat. <laughs> because half of them will show up at 3 and start cooking. They show up at 3 and start cooking. Like, you missed it. What are you doing here? There's cultural context. There's all that stuff, right? There's family history. But we can honor these people. Ruth and Naomi is a great example. I don't have time. I'm going to do this quickly. She said to Naomi, her mother-in-law, wherever you go, I will go. Your God will be my God. All that, right? And because of that, she met Boaz, all right? And meeting Boaz, she actually was able to step into the lineage, a whole narrative of God. It's an amazing story. Go read the book of Ruth. It's amazing, right? She would have missed that if she had just been like, you're just my, you're not my real mom. You're just my in-law, you know? But because she honored her and went with her, she met her destiny. Come on. Grandparents, Paul admonished Timothy that his faith came from his grandmother Lois and his mother Eunice. Paul championed these women of the faith. Come on, hear me live stream. These women who taught someone. 
<laughs> so annoying. These women who taught Timothy, no big deal, just like the number one disciple of Paul. Paul didn't cra- claim the credit for teaching him first. He says, this came from your grandma. I just came along and commissioned what was already there. Come on. That's in 2 Timothy 1, if you want to look it up. But this is my point. Honor is God's model. It's God's model. So he calls each of us to respect and honor those we have come from. My question is, how can you intentionally increase your honor level for your parents today? How can you intentionally increase it? How can you intentionally increase your honor of your in-laws? Maybe it's just shut your mouth. Stop talking bad about them. That would increase the honor. And then maybe in a month or so, you could find something good to say. All right? Like, seriously, this is who the resting place is. I, I don't mind talking to you like this. I'm just, if you're new here, sorry, not sorry. This is how I am. Can't turn it off. I tried to give a pastoral message. I did my best. This is how you're going to get it. <laughs> Fulfilling my assignment. I'm an apostolic teacher. This is how you're going to get it. How can you honor your grandparents? Maybe you stop shoveling them away and you start listening to them. Maybe you start asking them better questions. Maybe you start saying, tell me stories. That would help me in my life. You know how much that would honor a grandparent? They would be like, oh, that would be wonderful. Right? Instead of like, there's grandma saying those same seven stories. Tell it again, granny. Come on, tell me again. I want you to ask the Lord. This is your homework. Ask the Lord what practical things you can do to truly value those you came from. What practical things you can do. And I want to hear testimony of how you stepped into this and you had a practice and you saw fruit. I want to hear testimony. Are you with me? Yes? All right, let's stand together. You made it. (laughs) Just kidding. Was that helpful? Okay, okay. We're going to have our prayer team come forward. And I'm just going to pray. And I'm going to invite you to step into these things. Okay? So, Father God, I thank you. Right now, I ask you by your spirit to send us. Come on. Can you say, send me, Lord? Send me to my parents. Send me to this place. Commission us now, Lord, to go and be those who model honor for those we've come from. Lord, we thank you for bringing us your heart on the matter, for showing us what is right about this, what is wrong about this. I pray you'd make it black and white, black and white for everybody here. That we would know exactly what we can say, what we can't say, what we should do, what we can't do. Come on, somebody. Someone say amen. Make it plain to us, Lord. Lord, I pray for those who are here and their parents don't know you. Come on. Anybody like that? Anybody got parents that don't know the Lord? Yeah. Right now, we just release salvation over them and compassion within their kiddos. And we say, God, let the honor of their children call them home to the kingdom of God. Come on, somebody. What if honoring them is what brought them into the kingdom? Come on, do it, Lord. Use us to do it. Use these hands to do it. Father, we thank you for caring for us in our hurts, in our traumas, in our wounds. Lord, we thank you that we have a spiritual family. We have stepfathers. We have spiritual fathers, stepmothers, spiritual mothers. We have in-laws who can help us through the pain that was caused by our parents. And Father, right now I pray for any parent who's wearing grief or shame over doing things wrong, I say shame off of you in Jesus' name. And I say, Lord, heal that heart right now. Heal that heart right now in Jesus' name. And Father, I ask you to lead us in all the truth. Continue to show us the light of your word in this subject so that we can walk rightly before you. And Father, today, if there's anyone here who doesn't know you, I pray the Holy Spirit would convict them. 
to come home to their father. If you're here and you don't know Jesus, if you don't have a a relationship with God, that's what this team is here for. They will introduce you to the God of the universe who loves you, thinks you're to die for, and forgives all your sins. Come on, why are you trying to pay for your own sins? That's just the spirit of stupid, all right? He's paid for it. It's bought and paid for. Why would you pay for it? Come on, somebody. Salvation is available for all today. So you can come and receive that today. Just ask him, say, how can I be saved? How can I know Jesus? If you have pain in your body, they see miracles down here all the time. We see healings. If you are here and you don't even know what to do, like it, it, you can't even think about valuing your parents, they will pray with you. Whatever it is, they'll agree with you. They'll stand with you. Don't leave here without receiving prayer. We have this amazing team. I mean, look at them. Just look at this amazing team. They're incredible. They, they see this stuff happen. Come and get breakthrough within the community of faith. Amen? Amen. So, Father, I thank you for this opportunity. I bless this room. I bless this live stream. I thank you, Father, for the resting place. I thank you, Lord, that you're showing us that heaven starts at home. You're showing us that family is how you want to move. So, Lord, we say bring revival, bring power, bring your mercy, bring salvation, and bring it through the family first, Lord. We thank you that your starting point is a healthy household. So do it, Lord. Get us into a place of health so that we can be vessels of heaven. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said, amen, amen. Bless you all. Have a great day. Get your kiddos from TRP Kids first before you come down for prayer. And we'll see you next week. Have a wonderful, wonderful day. Love you and bless you. Thank you for listening to this podcast from The Resting Place Tampa. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear. And we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org.